gorgeous girl. Gosh, you look stunning today. You know what? I just feel like I get more beautiful because I get to look at you. I went, you know, I've had the same thought in myself. I, I go, and I, sometimes I just get lost looking at you because you're uh-huh. so pretty. That's how I feel. And then I go, gosh, if that's a reflection of my beauty, I, I have no idea how beautiful no I am. No idea. You I know? know, it's such a fun game to rediscover beauty all the time. <laughs> that's all we're doing is rediscovering beauty. That is all we are doing. Oh. And think of like everyone who is listening from like wherever they are, like everyone can now um, be part of, like, the fun, amazing beauty tribe. <laughs> Do you guys want to be part of the fun, amazing beauty tribe? Wait, Sounds I, like a good time. I, I know. <laughs> that, that's our new group we're starting with. The fun, amazing beauty tribe. Um, I just had a hit. Wouldn't it be fun when you and I travel to Paris next if we podcast every day? Yes, that's what we're doing. Let's podcast every day and from Paris. And every day we'll learn a new French word. Ooh, <laughs> and every day we'll have a, la. a new French adventure. Yes, which some of them we'll tell everyone about and some of them we may not. Yes, yeah, sometimes we'll just give you the cliff notes and say use your imagination. Um, hi, everybody. So um, what's really fun about this week's <laughs> topic and podcast is I've been singing that song in my head. Turn, turn around. Oh, you've seen me singing turn around. Turn around every now and then. Da, 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 da. I, I never know any of the words other than turn around. I've heard, I've, that's like the, one of the number one audition songs for an 80s oh. rock musical, and I've heard that song more times than I Than could, you need to? Than I ever need to. <laughs> Though I love it, I've had it before where a, an, an a- actress or actor will actually turn around. When they say it. And start it. singing. Like, like, we'll do it every time, like, oh, it's a joke to make it comedic. That's beautiful. Which I think is super fun. Um, I thought you were going to say, turn the beat around, oh. like, turn your life around. Oh, I love don't it. Know the words the, the, we don't know the words to anything. No, I know. Just, we just like a hook. We like a hook and that's it. We, well, isn't that what we like to teach on? We're like, what's the hook? Let's get to the point. Let's get to the Speaking juicy of point. which, we'll get to the point of this podcast. Oh, it's just so much more fun. <laughs> just to play around and be silly. It is. So this week's podcast and create topic is how to turn your life around around and many songs have been inspired by this moment apparently (laughs) (laughs) um so this was exciting because you actually kind of had this idea last week to teach on this topic um and uh around Byron Katie's work and I was actually really new to this work so this has been like a really fun week of exploration for me and for you I think oh my gosh well I like am such a big fan of her work I discovered her you know I think probably about six or seven years ago, and she has this really cool backstory about um, being uh, obese and depressed for over 10 years, and, like, she couldn't get out of bed. She was at a halfway house, and they put her in the attic because they thought she was such a crazy woman, and uh, and she literally, like, like, could not get out of bed. She was so agoraphobic, and she had, had what she describes as a Satori moment, a total awakening where she... I woke up one morning and all of a sudden saw life totally different. Mm. Like just saw everything as brand new and saw everything as love. Mm. And it was so intense for her. And then she looked for like trying to find a way to describe this beautiful feeling and how and how a way to return there. And she found that it was really about questioning her thoughts to see if they were true, mm. to see if they were real. And I was sharing with you, I love her uh, quote of... Uh, Whenever I argue with reality, I lose, but only 100% of the time. <laughs> and 
it's interesting. You and I were talking earlier about how often in create we talk about conditioning, like these programs in our brain, and we don't need. We're running on these programs. We're operating on doing these things in our life, and we don't even know we're running off of somebody else's program. Mm-hmm. We don't know that we're living someone else's life. We don't know that we're living someone else's laws, and they may not be true for us at all. So often in our life, we have thoughts come up. Um, and those thoughts create suffering inside of us. Mm-hmm. But those thoughts might not actually even be true. And I think what's so fascinating about this is it's probably obvious to all of us at certain points in our life of like, oh yeah, I definitely inherited that conditioning from ex-parent or this aunt or this teacher. It's probably there's areas in our life that are really obvious of like, oh, that is conditioning. Um, What yoga says that I love is that all of our belief systems are borrowed until we create our own, but all of them. So even the things that seem like they're our own are not our own unless we have consciously chosen them. And how many of us have truly consciously chosen every thought we have? Nobody. Mm-mm. Ever. Mm-mm. I mean, we have, I forget um, how many like conscious thoughts a day. Is it 60,000 or something crazy? And then let alone all the unconscious thoughts we have a day. There's no way that we are consciously choosing every single thought. So what we have to then believe is that our thoughts are not actually our own. That's right. The, the things that come through our mind are these kind of like borrowed ideas. And sometimes we've been conditioned like a rat with the cheese, right? Yes. You know, like when they see the cheese, they salivate. And even it's like, it's like, a, you know, one of those uh, science ex- ex- experiments, right? Yeah, like right? Pavlov's dogs. Yeah, or exactly. Like they hear of... the buzzer and they salivate. Yes. Right. Yes. Even if there's nothing to salivate for. Um, we don't realize, and you know, I see this a lot with people with uh, a prosperity consciousness and money consciousness, that they're so being run on old beliefs mm. that come from their family, their parent, their environment, that actually aren't even true for them. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, that's one of the things that you and I are always talking about with hard work and, mm-hmm. and hustle mm-hmm. and dismantling this idea that it has to be hard and that it has to be a struggle um, to get people to consider that maybe life wants to to be fun for them and to be about joy and pleasure and sharing their gifts. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that yoga talks about that came up for me this week is that the kleshas are something that yoga talks about as our mental afflictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the way uh, the Yoga Sutras describe the kleshas is that it's the source of torment, or basically it's the reason that we are in suffering. That we're actually not born in a place of suffering. We're born in a space of joy. We come to this place as feeling and sensorial and open and uh, pure. And then the conditioning, the you should do this, you shouldn't do this, is actually what causes the suffering. And um, what what yoga says that I found is really interesting is that um, there's actually five kleshas, and the they describe them as like a trunk of a tree with many branches. And the trunk of the tree is called avidya, which is the word for ignorance. And so what the sutra says is that you don't even really have to work on the other four, which are fear and aversion avoidance, ego and attachment, because all of those things will go away when we are no longer ignorant. That's what, that's like when we're one with the truth. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I was just uh, I was just listening to Michael Beckwith, which I love to do on a Sunday. That's right. And he was talking about um, 
knowing that we have it all within us and that we are one with all that is. And he said, but this isn't something you can just memorize. It's something that is experiential Mm. that you are only going to really understand if you do the inner work. Mm. And the inner work of understanding it then helps it become experience in your life. When you're talking about how, uh, how we come into this world without suffering, we're just in our, in our beautiful bliss of being here, um, and then these kind of like thought forms come in that create suffering, it made me think of this Byron Katie quote. And it said, she wrote, I discovered that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered, but that when I didn't believe them, I didn't suffer. And that this is true for every human being. Freedom is as simple as that. I found that suffering is optional. I found a joy within me that has never disappeared, not for a single moment. That joy is in everyone always. Mm. I mean... Isn't that everything? That, That suffering is optional. Because we never actually truly believe that. Well, what I think we can get to the place of believing is... Some people's suffering is worse than others, but we all have to have some level of suffering, so mine isn't that bad. Right. That's almost how people um, can like fake it till they make it with like a gratitude practice. Mm-hmm. Say. Maybe the gratitude practice gets you to a place where you're like, well, you know, my suffering isn't quite as bad, and there's other things to be happy about, so I won't focus on the suffering quite as much. But don't we still think suffering is a natural part of life? We don't think that suffering is an option, that it's a choice. Oh, and, and so I feel like... <clears throat> I remember when I first read her book, she has this book called Loving What Is. Mm. Um, And one of the things that she says is, I always know what I need in my life because that's what is. Mm. And I know I don't need something because it's not there. Right? And then she calls herself a lover of what is. So she gives herself permission to be fully in love with what what is. Mm. Even something that looks like suffering. Even something that looks like pain. Even something that looks uh, Uh like something you are have an aversion to or you want to avoid or your ego says run away exactly uh-huh. and one of the, she says when we question our thoughts we see choices that we could have never imagined before mm. isn't that badass mm. so it's almost like when we are we are living the truth of our thoughts and going well that's true i never do this i never do that and we don't question it we're actually there's a whole bunch of options that this moment holds that we can't even see Because we're blinded by the thoughts in our head. Absolutely. And isn't it so interesting? Because the moment we declare something is true, we declare what isn't that truth false. Whoa, yes. So by the very virtue of our thoughts labeling Mm -hmm. something as this is true for me, we've already decided everything that is no longer possible for us. That's right. And yet the reality is we live in a world of infinite possibility at all times. And quantum physics talks about this... uh, I mean, it's one of its main Mm -hmm. things Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about in his books, is that we live in a world of infinite possibility every moment of every day because time and space are constructs, but infinite possibility is just what actually is the reality. So the minute we cut ourselves off from infinite possibility by saying, it's this and not this, then we have actually cut ourselves off from something being possible that our brain doesn't know is possible. Ooh. I 
Yes, please. I think we do that all the time. All the time. It's, only po- it, it's possible I can make this amount of money and uh, not this amount. Yes. It's possible I can attract someone who's this level of attractive and not this level yes. of attractive. Yes. Um, you know, it's possible I can book these kind of roles and not these ones yet. Yes. It was actually very fascinating. I was um, speaking uh, with my own therapist, Clyde Baldo, the other day, who's phenomenal. And I had said, he said, what is the feeling tone of, of the kind of work you want to do in this moment? And I was explaining about this really awesome audition I have that I'm so excited about. And I said, I really want to attract more auditions like this that are really into deep storytelling and characters I believe in. And he said, but Natalie, why did you not say I want to attract playing those roles? why did you say I want to attract auditions as such? And it was just a little limit. And I said, wow, that's right. And I didn't even notice. It's just autopilot. Because I've told myself something is true for this moment, and I live that truth, even if it's not really the truth, or even the truth that I want. We keep so many things off limits, and we don't even realize. And that's why question and our thoughts become so uh, liberating, is it shows us those places where we've kept things off limits. Mm. Mm. Um, She has this uh, quote where she says, the work, which she calls her process, always leaves you with less of a story. Who would you be without your story? Mm. You never know until you inquire. There is no story that is you or that leads to you. Every story leads away from you. Every story. Wow. Uh, Turn it around. Undo it. You are what exists before all stories. You are what remains when the story is understood. Wow. We're all going around living these stories of who we think we are. Wow. And we're so much more than that. And not only that, but every story that we think we are is actually the very thing that we are not. (laughs) And really what it comes down to is that we've been conditioned to tell stories. Mm Mm-hmm of who we are, Uh but we've also been conditioned that it's not appropriate, it's not okay, it's not what good boys and girls do to question the stories. So our conditioning creates the stories, and our conditionings create the circumstances that keep us in the stories and keep us from questioning them. Yes, Poor please. Poor baby humans of that we are. We're like the sweetest little baby humans. Yeah. And you know, I think the reason we create stories, and we've talked about this a lot, is because we are so scared and we desire control. Mm. So creating stories and narratives around around things are is kind of like how we feel like um, we understand our world. Yes. We understand ourselves in our world. Yes. It's, it's a way for us to uh, stay small, mm-hmm. to stay victimized, to stay um, controlling the circumstances so we don't get too hurt. And so we can always anticipate what might happen to us. Yes. It's like Osho's always talking about meet this moment fresh. Meet it Mm. brand new. Meet it without anything before it or after it, you know. Wow. Yeah, it's so uh, amazing. And and I feel like this is actually what the crux of all spiritual teaching Mm -hmm. is. comes from and I know that um, yoga and like the eight limbs of yoga and the yoga sutras Mm -hmm. it's all about how can you be in union with who you really are and the way to be in union with who you really are is to really know who you are not Um, one thing that yoga talks about is that when you link things together that are designed to be together it causes joy 
And when you link things together that are not meant to be linked together, it causes suffering. So suffering then, whenever we watch ourselves in suffering, it's like, oh, let me look and see what am I thinking? And perhaps there's a thought in here that wants to be, uh, whether it's undone or turn around or question mm. or it, an inquiry into it to see if it's true or not. Right. Because if there's suffering, there may be, it may be an, a, a portal or an invitation into a new freedom I didn't even know about. And maybe the thing itself is not bad or wrong, but it's like imagining that our whole life uh, is this big circuit board, and we have things plugged in in the wrong places, so now they look wrong. But if you take that very thing and plug it in somewhere else, it may feel so right. Yes. So it's not that there's anything wrong with us or wrong with how we think or even wrong with how we've been conditioned. It's just an opportunity to question. Is like, let's look at the circuit board with fresh eyes and move things around just as uh, an inquisition, a curiosity into who we might really be, knowing that we at all times have the power to move things around however we want them to be. And be the creators that we want to be. Mm -hmm. I love this one quote she has. She says, I didn't let go of my negative thoughts. I questioned them. Mm -hmm. And then they let go of me. And so did my addictions and depression. Wow. So it's like, we, you know when people talk about like, how do you push away your negative thoughts yes. or how do you get rid of them and stuff? That's not even our job. We yes. don't have to worry about that. We just have to question them. And that's what I think is so fascinating because so many people talk to me all the time about meditation. I can't meditate. I don't know how to meditate. And my question is always, well, what do you believe meditation is? Mm -hmm. And most people believe meditation is sitting with a silent mind. Yep. And... For most people, that isn't a reality that's even possible. Like I know for myself, my mind, um, and I think actually uh, there's been studies done on this, that the average length that you can keep a thought out of your mind, uh, if for someone who's a regular meditator, is about 12 seconds. Whoa. Like, and that's someone who's like really showing up to the practice all the time, that it's not a practice designed to get rid of the thoughts what the practice is designed for is to be the witness, to find the separation between you and the thoughts so that you can have the awareness that you are not the thoughts. And you can just watch them. I tell people it's like watching driftwood go down a river. The river doesn't latch on to any one piece of driftwood the way we're not meant to latch on to any one thought because I believe that that linking, that Sam Yoga, is when we take a thought and identify ourselves with it yes. rather than just there's another thought, there's another thought, there's another thought because if we let the thought continue to go down the river a new one might come in that we cannot grab onto we cannot see we cannot have inquiry about if we're too busy um, attached to the old ones and that is what I think the opportunity is here in in this practice like when we talk about turning your life around your life can explode into something that is so beautiful and so rich and so filled with love and joy and peace and power and opportunity and prosperity if you are willing to let go of the thoughts that enslave you. Yeah. You know, and, and to dive into them in, with curiosity yeah. and say, show me what I don't know is possible here. I think that's really what it is, is that we have a habit of um, focusing on what we want. Uh -huh. But I truly think we never get what we want, we get what we believe we can have. Mm. And so it's really always, hey, is this thought I'm having in alignment 
with what I want and who I want to be? Or is this thought in alignment with something that I don't want to be? And we just knowing that we have the opportunity to say, okay, cool, whatever it is, but we as creators can generate whatever thoughts we want, so there's no reason we need to be tied to those ones if they're not working for us. And that's what this does, it shows us, is it working for, for you or not? Yeah. Check out this quote, I love this. Our parents, our children, our spouses, and our friends will continue to press every button we have <laughs> until we realize what it is that we don't want to know about ourselves yet. Mm. They will point us to our freedom every time. Wow. Oh, and we love to make them wrong for pressing we? our buttons. Don't we? Oh, we love to say, I'm going to just get away from that partner or mm-hmm. that person. I'm going to you know, say that they're wrong for having done such and such to me. And, and we love to push the freedom away, right. the opportunity for freedom. The opportunity to enter the question. Mm. So I kind of want to do, are you, are you down for I'm this? Down. I, I kind of want to do uh, a turnaround. Yeah, let's do Live a turnaround. here on the podcast. Live turnaround. Okay. This is the moment where I like, don't you wish you could have like a caller? Like call in and yeah, have call us in. turn and your we'll, life around. <laughs> should I call someone on speakerphone? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I, I almost want to. I know. Um, all right. Do you want to be the guinea pig? Let me be the guinea pig. I can't wait. Okay. Um, so, do you have a reoccurring stressful situation um, that, uh, that you could maybe tap into? Well, I actually think maybe a good thing to tap into is the thing I was talking about earlier about the, um, the limiting belief around uh, what's possible for me career-wise. Okay, great. You know. So if you're going to put that in a sentence, what would you say? Let's write it down. Let's write it down. Um, so how am I writing it? Um, I, just writing what the situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is. Um, I don't always believe... Mm-hmm. I can live my dream life now. It's almost like it sometimes feels like it needs to be something in the future. Right. So um, the thought is, I can't live my dream life now. Mm-hmm. Is that true? This is the first question. So this is what she teaches. So our first thing <laughs> we do is we ask, is that true? I don't think that is true. <laughs> so if no, yes, then we go to number three. Okay. So number two would be, can you absolutely know that that's true? Uh huh. Which often takes you to no. No. Yeah. Okay. So number three is, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? So what happens mm. when you believe the thought, I can't live my dream life now? I feel small. Mm-hmm. I feel limited. I feel helpless. I feel. Um, Hustling, but not uh, to any sort of end or reward. Um, yeah, I think helpless. Yeah, helpless. It's a feeling. Okay, so um, then who would you be without that thought? This Ooh. is number four. Who would you be without that thought? I would be the, um, the star that I came here to be. You're the star. And what does that feel like? <laughs> I mean, if you could see the smile on my face. <laughs> Feels like I need to find a red carpet. <laughs> Okay, so this is now we um, turn. We're going to turn this around. Mm-hmm. Now, um, if this was with a person, um, so we've, we're going to find three turns around. Yeah. Three turnarounds. So if it's I can't live my dream life now. Um, if it was, if it was about um, a person. So if it was like um, 
Alex doesn't listen to me. Mm-hmm. We would turn we would one of the ways we would turn around it would be um, I don't listen to myself it would mm. be the first turnaround. Mm. So let's so I I right? don't give myself now um, what I could give myself now. Ooh, right. There's there's things available in the here and now that I am depriving myself of. Write that down. Yay. Mm-hmm. Now you come up with three reasons that that is true. Oh, okay. Three um, ways that that's true. Well, I um, well, as you know, I'm apartment shopping for a new apartment, but it's still in the future. Yeah. But I could give myself that now. Oh, you could give your dream apartment to you now. Or, or you know, I could certainly like um, put some wheels in motion for it, or uh-huh. take more action around Start that. Start to take action. Um, I mean, I could just take a stand for pleasure now. Mm-hmm. I could take a stand for you know all the um, things that that my little movie star self um, does and all the the care I take for myself. And the other thing I could do is I could align my schedule um, with the things that I really care about and are passionate about. That's right. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. The next turnaround. Now, if we were doing this with with a person, so if it was Alex, right, Um, it would be, and it it was Alex doesn't listen to me, it would Mm -hmm. become I don't listen to Alex. Uh Uh-huh. So where's the turnaround in this one? Oh, so um, I'm not um, giving my dream now. I'm not giving my dream that it's available now, that it's enough now, that it's worthy of now. Write that down. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. Um, three examples of how that's true. Let's see. I think it would all be um, sort of the practice that we do of bhavana, uh-huh. of like living it as if it is here and now. Boom. So it would be all different ways of, of doing that. Yep. You know, um, you know whether it's going to get makeup done for mm-hmm. an event, whether it is... Um, um, getting offers for things, whether it's just laying scripts around my home as if like people are sending me scripts to read all the time, like those kinds of things, like bringing in the feeling tone of all of those. I just had nows. one come in, like watching all of the Oscar-nominated movies because you ha- that those are your peers. That's right. Or watching the television shows that are um, the hit shows that you are constantly going out for. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and here's the last turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's to the opposite. So if it was Paul doesn't listen to me, become Paul does listen to me. Mm. So the opposite well, of my I, dream life is now. My dream life is now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's write that down. Yes. <laughs> How exciting! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sounds like I need to go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do that with okay. you. By the way, there's a dress I cannot wait to show you. It has Ooh. my name all over all it. All right. Okay. Um, speaking of my dream life is now. <laughs> exactly. Um, so three examples of how that is true. I mean, we're going to book our trip to Paris. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that actually all of the previous turns are actually examples of how my dream life is now we're making a movie that's right we're making a movie together Mm -hmm. what's what's another example of how your dream life is now 
I have one for you. Tell me. You're a booking machine. <laughs> you book everything you go out for. Well, maybe you not are like everything. a magnet for roles. <laughs> I do book a lot of things. You I book feel a lot of very things. Very grateful about that. Yeah. And and I can tell you that all of the things that I have booked have been from the feeling tone place of just having fun and being in joy and not worrying about results and thinking I'm just the person who gets to do this all day and it's fun and um, taking that pressure off because it's just part of my routine. That's sort of the energy I try to live into. And every time I sort of do that, it does usually go my way, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for being my guinea pig. Oh my gosh, thank you for doing that. I'm so excited to live my dream life now. (laughs) Um, And this is is my... uh, this is another quote of hers that I love. It says, the world is perfect. Mm. As you question your mind, this becomes more and more obvious. Mind changes, and as a result, the world changes. Mm. I want to say that one more time. Mind changes, and as a, and as a result, the world cha- changes. A clear mind heals everything that needs to be healed. It can never be fooled into believing that there is one speck out of order. Wow. That's it. Okay. We keep talking about how it's really an inner game, and this is an exercise, this is a topic, this is work that can really prove that point. Um, Because we know that if we make the change on the inner, the outer world cannot help but reflect it back. It's just how it works. It's it's a law. Yeah. It's the law of infinite possibilities. It's a law of infinite possibilities. So I would love this week, um, if you guys are doing this practice, I would love for you to tweet us about it or Instagram us about mm-hmm. it or go on the Create Community Facebook page and tell us about it. It would be so fun to um, hear each other's little turns or big turns and be able to support each other in that. That's exactly right. So um, hit us up at the Create Community page on Facebook, at the Create Playgroup on um, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, this is going to be so fun to, to see all these twists and turns. And that as people turn, their, uh, turn inward and uh, go into inquiry around their thoughts, what might open up for them that they've never got to see or experience before? A new possibility outside of the shroud of ignorance. Yeah. Can we sing as we as we go <gasps> yes! out? Yes. We... Which song are we picking? There's uh, so many. Which one? Um, I, really... I feel like we need a third. I know. Uh, what's another turnaround oh. song? For every season, turn, turn, turn. There is another turn, turn, turn. We don't know the lyrics to any words. And on that note, on that note, you beautiful people. Oh, thank you for listening. We love you. We love you. We love you. And go pick up Byron Katie's work, "Loving What Is." This is especially a powerful book if you're going through, let's say, some challenging curriculum in your life. Um, her work is especially uh, transformative. Amazing. Amazing. Can't wait till next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. If you want to know about the Create Workshop series, you can go to www.thecreateseries.com. And if you want to know more about us, you can go to kristenhenge.com or natalieroy.com. And if you want to come to Create, you can go to the Actors Green Room in New York City, Um, And it is Sunday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And their website is www.theactorsgreenroom.com and you can buy Create On Demand if you don't live in New York City. Woohoo!